you are at the net. Welcome to another episode of At The Net Podcast brought to you by Dexmex Productions. Twisting and tweaking the dials are our producers, D-Mac and Dave the Brain. Join me in welcoming your hosts, Craig Bell and AJ Shabria, who are about to take us through five sets talking tennis, all that applies and maybe even life as it seems to them. Ladies and gentlemen, Craig Bell and AJ. Thanks to our At The Net podcast girl for that fabulous introduction. And welcome, fans of the great game. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 7 of At The Net podcast with AJ Chabria, a.k.a. AJC. That's you, isn't it? Yes, sir. How are you, CB? And that's me, CB1, a.k.a. Craig Bell, who are talking the great game of tennis as it seems to us. Thanks also go out to our good amigos at Tex-Mex Productions. That would be Darian D. Mac McBrayer and Dave the Brain, who are twisting and tweaking the dials from back of the house and making us sound like real people. I think we're real people tonight, aren't we? We are real people and viva Tex-Mex. Yes. And then also be sure to check out our good work on SoundCloud, Fireside, Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, all the important communication sites that you kids find popular. And if you're a female, sorry guys, and would like to read the opening intro for At The Net Podcast and be an At The Net Girl, we like girls, don't we? We do, and sorry, fellas. Yeah, I mean, there are already two male voices here, We're, and, and sometimes that's too, four. too many. That's too, too many. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Let us know, as we are always looking for new female voices to do the intro, even in a foreign language, I might add, ooh la la. Right? Ah, très bien, yeah. Monsieur, Be- Monsieur uh, Campanile. Well, have you been, been uh, Adrian? It's good I'm to nice, see you. man. Thank you. Yeah, good busy weekend. I had a great time. I uh, am happy to end my week always with uh, the illustrious, the notorious CB1. And, um, it sounds like I'm a gangster rapper. You, yeah. yeah, you really are. <laughs> I get around north, far north Dallas in my uh, my, my uh, Chevy and, and uh, carry my AK-47 and, and uh, you know a water gun, <laughs> and then we get we get after it here, but uh, around the far north Dallas area. But now we're glad to be here on a Sunday night. This is August 11th of 2019. Watching a little tennis on on the tube from Montreal. We were watching a little bit of Cincinnati. The Cincinnati guys were were playing already. Yeah. We had one of my faves, a uh, local guy, uh, John Isner. And at some point, I will, uh, you know, post to our Instagram a little something. He uh, sometimes plays at several clubs around here in Dallas, including uh, the college, SMU. But sometimes he plays at one of the public courts where my son and I, uh, where my son has basically grown up playing Fairfax uh, um, I just seem, right seem here in Dallas. down the hood, huh? He, he just yeah, breaks he, it out on the old public court. I mean, it's 100 degrees and he's out there. He, yeah, and it, it's okay. Big John rolling up a gamma card or something and, and some balls. Pretty and, hard to miss, yeah. <laughs> and he always wears bright colors, too. That's 6'11", 7' yeah. foot, whatever he is, yeah. Kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, doesn't he? 6'11", teal, aqua, with blue shorts and, or white shorts. He's hard yeah, to miss, right? You can't miss that cat. It's yeah. kind of like the big uh, pink flamingo, huh? That just You uh, can't miss it. And right. he was playing one of my other favorites is Dusan Lajovic. He is an uh, uh, average height guy. looks kind of like, uh, you know, five foot eleven baseball player. And he's got a gorgeous one-hander, like not quite Bavrinka level, but similar. So that was, that was kind of fun to watch, yeah. Kind of like Stan the Man. Speaking of Stan the Man, we both have our our uh, Yonex shirts on. It's funny how we you know do. we both uh, we have identical Stan the Man T-shirts with the silhouette of Vavrinka hitting a backhand, and 
I don't mind telling you, Craig's is a very manly white on black, and mine is pink. <laughs> pink and black. Well, you got some black in there. You got, you got some male. male it's a badass black. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we just. It, I thought oh, I'm, I, I had another shirt on, another yeah. black shirt on today, and I thought, hey, I'll throw this Yannick shirt on, that's and cool. then, then all, I had no idea that Adrian was going to be wearing his shirt. And then we looked at each other when he knocked on the door here at the club, and I was going to let him in because we're close here at uh, Bentry Country Club. Shout out to Bentry. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, he walks in, and we're looking at each other like, hey, <laughs> Look at I, I guess we got the memo. <laughs> we, we must have. I, I don't mind telling the audience, uh, three weeks ago, it was a Sunday morning, and just kind of randomly Craig texted me about, hey, do you remember this uh, uh, top 20 guy or top 30 guy who's an amazing player from Brazil? Uh, it was Carlos something, and I can't quite place his last name. I was like, oh, immediately, it's got to be... Uh, Carlos Kiermaier That guy was amazing Yeah And he used a And right when I'm uh, Texting him back Craig's like Yeah he used a Kniesel Yeah I'm texting him He used a Kniesel White star White star Yeah Beautiful (laughs) guy Beautiful game And a cool racket Yes And while Craig Is texting me that stuff I am on my way home From church And I Remembered that my undershirt was a Brazil soccer shirt <laughs> while he's he's texting me about a Brazilian player. That's amazing. Yeah, and neither, funny of us, stuff. neither of us is Brazilian right. at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never so, been to Brazil. Can't, never. Uh, you know, I like Brazilian women. You know, so maybe if we have somebody in the in the uh, uh, <laughs> listening audience that is Brazilian, please uh, read the uh, podcast liner for us. We, right? Yeah, we are. We want your accent. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Yeah. That's for so, sure. So that's, I guess, our little silly bit about Sunday T-shirt synergy. That's, that's right. Yeah, we that we, we had it today. That might be a segment one day, at least a bit. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's get let's get on to the show today. Shall you know, we? On the 11th. Actually, we have uh, we don't have a guest this evening, but we're going to kind of go with our, our standard formalized. So we'll start out with the segment Story Behind the Story. Who's this first set sponsored by, Coach? Well, this this one is Yonex. Speaking of uh, we, sponsors, we, we did the uh, unintentional product placement, and yes. here we are, Yonex themselves. Right. Yep. Yeah. It was the the story behind the story this evening is Kim Kleister. She wasn't a Yonex player, but she was a, a Babolat. So that's okay. I love Babolat too. Yeah. That's right. Uh, she's she's Belgium. Did you know she was Belgium? Yeah. That, that's a huge. Sure. Uh, when's the last time? Any, let's see. Let's see, was the Darcis brothers? Oh, they're from Belgium, aren't they? Uh, Steve Darcy. Oh, Darcy. You know, Christoph Vliegen was a great Belgian player. David Goffin. It's, oh, that's right. Yeah, Goffin. One of our favorite guests, Craig Carden, once coached a great Belgian talented player. Oh, the X Man. Uh, the X Boy. That's the right. X-Man. Xavier Malice. Yeah. The X Man. What a cool name to have. Xavier. <laughs> you know? Who, who's, you know, that's like the university. Yeah. Xavier. I always wanted yeah. to be a musketeer, you know? Yeah. Xavier and Musketeers. There was an NBA player named uh, Xavier McDaniels. That's right. That guy was probably as athletic and smooth. As uh, the other Xavier Malice. So, yeah. do you think Xavier Malice was named after Xavier McDaniel? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe his parents He's were too sitting old. there. He's, He's too, too old. old. Yeah. Well, Xavier McDaniel. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that could be a possibility. We may have to get our research department. I mean, yeah, you, R&D. You basically look into that. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at the birth dates. Yeah. But anyway, okay. So, going on to Kim Kleister's August 11, two thousand and three. This happened. That'd be sixteen years ago yep. today. Kimmy Kleister's becomes the number one ranked player in the world for the first time in her career. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, first time. Uh, Kleister becomes the 13th woman at the time to hold the number one ranking holds position for a total of 19 weeks during her career. So pretty interesting stuff right there. She, she became the 13th woman. So I wonder if when they started, would uh, 
who would have been the first one to hold the rank? Would that be Margaret Court? Do you think that they were, or Billie Jean King? I would guess early 70s. Probably BJK? Margaret Smith Court right before BJK, I would think. Uh, and, of course, you're... You know, Chrissy Everett and Martina after that. Right. Steffi Groff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Martina Hingis, Swiss Miss, Monica Sellis. Oh, yeah. Let's Sellis. see. Who else? Gosh, that's about six that we've named off right there. Yeah. Uh, number oneers. Let's see. Halfway there. Halfway there. Do you th- can we think of any others that might have? We've had quite a few lately if we want to go kind of. Oh, yeah. Besides Serena. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, uh, current number one is, is Simona Halep. Halep Because uh, Osaka Because she just went past Osaka yeah, I Osaka, think Osaka Ash Barty Yes Ash Barty That's true Ash Oh yeah Barty. And of course Serena Before that Venus was number one for a bit That's true too Yeah Yeah So there's uh, probably quite a few since Since 2003 Oh Justine Hennan Arden Justine Hennan Arden Yeah Post Kleisters But right. pre-Serena Yeah Right Another one right yeah. there So But this is before Before 2003 So that's why I'm trying to think Of all the ladies that Oh I'm trying right to, right so I'm trying to think. So there's Groff, uh, Sellis, Hingis, you know, right there in the 90s. Yep. Yeah. With the, you know, Martina and Chrissy back and forth like that. And that's about six. Billy Jean, Yvonne Gulagong, would she have made number one, do you think? I, I Maybe in 1980 when she had that nice comeback and yes. won Wimbledon as a yeah. mom. Yeah. Yeah, she might have. Might have, have uh, we'll have to look at that. It'll be interesting to see if... Who all these thirteen people were? Yeah. And I'll, I'll have that for next next uh, podcast. We'll, we'll, yes. we'll dive deep into the R and D on uh, the thirteen women prior to Kim Clyde. Or twelve? She'd be the thirteenth of twelve. There'd twelve be twelve before her. Yeah, the big twelve. Uh, uh, sorry, ladies, I don't mean in a, in a physical word, but uh, yeah. uh, but uh, the big twelve from a standpoint of the, the twelve ladies who who uh, if if we. We've got most of them. Virginia Wade, would she have made number one in 77, 78? Sounds she, right. She won our Jenny, in 77. Our Jenny, right. Would, would, have, would that have pushed her over the top as well? But what, that's good good uh, spitballing right there. Yeah. So we need to look into that. Also, let's uh, shout out to a couple of birthdays. Getting ready for their birthday tomorrow. Uh, we do have a birthday today. That'd be a local tennis pro, Royce Deppie, mm-hmm. who, who was a nice player from South Africa in his South own African, right. right. Yep, played uh, played some nice tennis uh, just down the street at T Bar M, where we'll be here in a couple of days. But pistol, pistol Pete Sampras, the pistol, one yeah. of the best, born. Tomorrow, on August 12th, 1971, famous, uh, would you say he put uh, Greek tennis on the map? Yeah, I mean, there may have been one or two long, long time ago, but yeah, he was the most prominent. And you think he would have played for the in the Olympics for the for the Greek team from Greece, or would he been a U.S. citizen? You know, that always gets that. That should be a get off my lawn. The segment, the, the people who jump countries because they want to play, they can't make their own country, so they they use that uh, kind of the the visa from one of their parents and go play at another country. I, my favorite is when Greg Ruzetsky did it, and then. He lived there for maybe two months, and he maybe. started saying brilliant, <laughs> like, all the bloody time, He went from right? Canada to England, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he couldn't make the Canadian Davis yeah, Cup team. Yeah. So now he goes over to England. Nothing, No disrespect or, or, to England. Or maybe he could make the Canadian Davis Cup team, but there was just that feeling that, you know what, I'd be such a star in the U.K. There's quite a bit of tennis money over there. They're absolutely starved. At the time, right, and, and they're not now. That'd be early, and, and maybe 90s, him yeah. and uh, gentleman Tim Henman could win an actual cup. Win, win a rubber. The, the uh, <laughs> that that always is is or, or the rubbers are the matches, aren't they? Yeah, 
the tie is the whole weekend, and the rubber is the that's very the you know two Friday rubbers. Bad word, bad word. One Saturday rubber, very very, uh, unstable as far as the (laughs) vernacular of. you know, tennis uh, terminology. I think the the, uh, the rubber is is kind of that that does not equate to a good term in the con- conceptual part of the mind for for, uh, uh, for for me anyway. But uh, uh, also then the other Greek player of note, the current player, is Stefano Tsitsipas. And do they share a birthday? Yes, they do. But not the same year. I see, of course. <laughs> ah, yes. I think Pete yeah, could, that Tsitsipas could be uh, his, his dad. A little less than half uh, Pete's age. 1971, 1971. Yeah. So he's yeah, so 11 40, years younger than uh, 48. 48. And then Tsitsipas will be 21. So he actually could be yeah. his dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. it might be. Yeah. So now Tsitsipas is, is Greek. And I'm trying to think. Is he's there, Russian, too. He's Greek-Russian? His mom is Russian and his pop is for sure Greek. So, well, happy birthday to the two gentlemen from Excellent. that uh, are, are from the. Uh, uh, do you think they that might have uh, hit the Colosseum a time or two, or the? There is no question, at the very least, the Acropolis that uh, that Steph was probably inspired by Pete. Yeah, you know, on some level, Philippus was too, but Steph, Stephanos, uh, you know, platform serve a bit like yes. Pete, not quite that level. Uh, not quite the speed and the the kick, but similar. You know, one hander likes to come in, flattens the ball out when necessary, spins the heck out of it when when he'd like, and decent slice too. So, good yeah, player. I, I like watching. He's got huge upside. He's a blast to watch, and you know, I, I understand that uh, his high backhand isn't quite there yet. He is six five. He's a pretty darn good mover for for close to two meters tall, but. Uh, I look forward to great things from that kid in the next five, ten years. Think, think you know? he'll, think he'll be a Pete Sampras? Will he be that on the pedestal? Oh, I don't know if we're getting fourteen slams for Stefano, but um, I that's, do that's think. a tough deal, boy. Just and, and we live in an era, don't we? Live in a great era called the era. I've heard this this referred to as the era, the era, the era with Sampras. I'm not saying. Excuse, pardon me. Federer, Djokovic, Rafa, Murray. That is called the era. Unbelievable. So, and, and some people call it. Uh, the era, the golden era. Some people call it a weak era, yeah. meaning uh, yes. those three, four, five guys have been largely uncontested. So that's a good question. So yeah. is it? Is it? Is it? I hadn't thought about that. So is it because they are so dominant, or is it because there's nobody to play? Do you think? I mean, it, it's that's a really those, good question. Yeah, it's one of those. Of course, they're amazing, but maybe the others haven't stepped up. But maybe. These cats are doing something uh, with just a little more focus than anybody else. And you look I, at Federer. I think that. I think that. Because I don't think that the guys are that bad out there on the tour. Because you look at a Dominique team, you look at Tsitsipas, Zarev, yeah. uh, all the young guys out there that can just you know, whale on the ball. You know, Varenka. Yeah, even guys who have won a few slams yeah. who have struggled with physical or mental things like uh, Chilich and Del Potro mm-hmm. having won some slams. Yeah. I think Delpo, if he doesn't have a wrist injury, he, that dude's right there with him, too, in the air. He wins a few more, and those other guys have a few less. Yeah. That, that's one guy, I think, that had, has, has, the, has it to be able to beat those guys. Uh, the firepower to beat those guys, the movement. Because do you remember a time when if you were over 6'3 or 4, you are probably a bad mover? These some of these six foot six guys now they're pretty they're pretty they quick move amazingly yeah and they can blow guys off the court yeah yeah no I I, I think Delpo in, in my mind that's the guy I, I wish if if all the players that uh, 
woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. If he if he wouldn't have been injured as much as he has been, I mean the guys is he's kind of like Sean Lee with the Dallas Cowboys. He just can't stay healthy. You know and that guy is is probably a Hall of Famer if he can stay healthy. Always something. There's right? always something. You're right. So I had to get my Dallas Cowboy reference well, in. This is the first it. time in in seven episodes that we haven't talked about the Cowboys. That's you know. Great. Yeah. Because in your written. Uh, tennis news you can use almost almost, almost use, use almost, almost use right. uh, there's generally a, there's a, a reference there's a cowboy yeah, reference or two yeah, a Jarrah so, stadium you know I love Jarrah yeah yeah so uh, but yeah I, I like Delpo uh, mm-hmm. from the standpoint I I would like to see him in the the era but his his uh, injuries have been uh, uh, not few and far between but more frequent and uh, yeah. uh, they last a little bit longer so I just think that he's he's uh, unfortunately is out of the conversation. But, yeah, I, th- I think these guys play ex- excellent, exceptional tennis yeah. to the point where the other guys just can't keep up. They're just, whatever their training routine, whatever they're eating, whatever yeah. their mindset is, those four, well, Andy's coming back, you know, in Cincinnati this week. So. Singles. And with yeah. a hip, with a, with a new hip. That's tremendous. You think he gets, is he see the bionic man now, like Steve Austin, the, the $6 million man? Remember that from the 70s? We have the technology. We can rebuild him. We can be Lee Majors <clears throat> and Steve Austin, the $6 million man on ABC. <laughs> hey, um, you know, we mentioned uh, a couple Greek players. We mentioned a few tall guys who can hit big and blow people off the court. Um Nick Kyrgios needs to be in this conversation. Of course. That guy can play, yeah. Of course he's Curious crazy. Curious yes. Of course he's not great in the five-set format. Uh, but he can take a few but, guys down. But pound know, for pound, yeah. yeah. If he wants to play, you know, it's like Monfi. Gael Monfi. I like Monfi, too. Oh, what a player. But he's a player, too. He, what a mover. He, he doesn't do well in the five-set match, either. Yeah. Or, or he can play well for the first two or three rounds. But, but a whole... You know, two weeks of, of, of a slam, that's, yeah. just, that's just way too much mentally asking him, you know, to do. I, I love watching Monfi play because I think he's one. He's like curious. Man, those guys, they just move so well. They entertain. They just do stuff that uh, it, it's not uh, uh, mainstream. They make coaches roll their eyes, but and I'm a coach too, but they, as a fan, uh, they make me so happy. Like, yeah, I realize they're not always successful, but... What a blast to watch these guys. Oh, yeah, man. I love watching those. Athletic and gutsy and uh, a little trickery here and there. It's it's a blast, yeah. So well, let's move on to a little, little more on the uh, WTA tour. What do you think yes. about uh, uh, Serena? Boy, she, she's uh, having some injuries. Speaking of injuries. Yeah. We were just talking about how uh, Federer and Rafa and Joker are so focused and hard to beat, and uh, they make up the era. Uh, Serena is an era unto unto herself, um, but as I saw today's result, uh, Bianca Andreescu, glorious win for her. She's charming, and she's got a pretty diverse, neat game. Not quite Ash Barty level, but maybe a bit more power. But, yeah, you mentioned Serena. I couldn't help but think I'm sad she got hurt. Um, She is staying young in some ways, but not in the ways that Federer is. On the other hand, Federer hasn't had a child. You know, no. um, but uh, even sh- though he has his father kids, he, he, he's it's had, different. It, it is different. He's yes. had four children. No, but he, yeah, he hasn't. He had the easy part. We yeah. have the easy part. Yeah, I think. we got the men's part. Yeah, right. um, she has had uh, three withdrawals because of a knee. One today, back spasm, and one uh, for another medical, I think, reason that wasn't the knee. 
Um, it may have been something else, but uh, it, it brought to my mind what Billie Jean King said two, three weeks ago, that, hey, if, if Serena would concentrate a bit less on being a celebrity, I think she would bag a few more majors and break that huge record uh, of Margaret Court's. And I believe it rang true today. Uh, if, if she was super fit, like Roger is, maybe she still gets beaten, but she's not going to beat herself with a back problem. You know, we, we in our crackpot research department have found out there might have been some surgery going on. Just speaking of which, uh, we're, you know, it, it's been reported by one of the news uh, outlets that we uh, currently kind of just peruse that Serena might have had some facelift a facelift going on or maybe some liposuction um, you know so is that what Billie Jean King is meaning that uh, maybe she's looking at too much at her uh, uh, physical features from a standpoint of uh, being an Instagram model being uh, selling on uh, what is uh, cable news you know she has the all the Serena stuff uh, she's not really bearing down the home shopping the home shopping network, network yes. stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe Billie Jean King is one of the most intelligent historical figures, past and current, and she chooses her words carefully, and I think she kind of meant all of these things. All the above. Whether it's the medical side, the sort of appearance stuff, and I thinly veiled, uh, my, my reference was thinly veiled to, uh, to talk about what Serena is doing to keep herself young which is maybe a little different from what Roger's doing to keep himself so young. I, th- I think you're right. I yeah, think Roger's well, is more uh, yeah. in the fitness and the wheels and the movement. Yeah, yeah. His, his buddy, is, I think it's Pierre. His, his Paganini, that Paganini, guy yeah. is yeah. tough. That dude knows his stuff. Yeah, they do. They, he, you get the feeling that Paganini makes stuff up. Uh, and I'm sure he's gotten it from a lot of research and a lot of experience. And Paganini looks like he's in his... I'm guessing our age, 50s. Yeah, like he could Good be shape. could be 60s. He is smart. He's experienced, and I think he's improving. I mean, the stuff where uh, he has a soccer ball and Fed has a medicine ball, and you have to be so coordinated and a bit strong in the core and the hands to bump that ball back and forth right to Pierre, yes. like a ball off a ball, which is kind of similar to hitting a round bat with a round ball, right? Right. Uh, yes. Granted, it's not going on and whatever miles an hour like a like a baseball pitch but it's pretty impressive some of the strength speed coordination agility yes. agility stuff that they do and then he'll run a ladder and then he'll come back and bump those balls and i'm so impressed with that guy's fitness regimen. yeah it's no really i mean cool. to be 38 uh he, he could be like brady gonna be uh, brady signed i think a two-year contract uh, another football guy that uh yeah you know, 42 maybe I think, Sounds right. I think it's about right. Yeah. Sounds right. 42 yeah. years old and still wants to play a couple of more years. I mean, and he's remarkable. Of course, he has a remarkable team and a coach. And Roger has a remarkable team and a coach. But in the end, he's out there one-on-one. Right. And he's, he's Compared to amazing. You, know, you and 10 other guys that are, mm-hmm. and, and they're, you know, it might be considered a little bit more physical when you're getting run down by, you know, some, you know, 300-pound defensive lineman who's trying to take your head off compared to uh, just a tennis ball running after a tennis ball where nobody's yeah. punching you or trying to kill you. That ball, you're just chasing a yellow ball, basically. Yeah. But uh, good stuff right there. All right, want, want to move on to some ATP Tour Player Council thoughts. I know you, you know, you've you've got an opinion on uh, you know some things that the the Player Council has recently uh, become uh, front and center, right? We're going to start with the facts, and then we'll go to my uh, 
feelings. My Hypothesis. Opinions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the fact is, uh, three guys uh, like Vashik Pospisil, uh, like Jamie Murray, three guys left the ATP Player Council. Um, while this Gimmel is in the last couple of months, this is very recent. Yeah. Um, Novak Djokovic was very vocal about supporting, and John Isner was too, about supporting Justin Gimmelstab despite the problems he had. Guys like Vavrinka, guys were very critical of, uh, of giving Gimmelstab such second chances. Uh, Gimmel and Novak were uh, behind the move to get rid of Chris Kermode, the, the British guy who was uh, at the helm he's, of he's the He's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, he's, he's done a fantastic job, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the that most could be part. argued, yeah, sure. but from, from, from our, our layman's, perspective... Yeah, we don't know the guy. Uh, we don't yeah. know, really don't know any of the people that uh, uh, we're just surmising about, but uh, this is just an outsider's looking in. Yeah, and, and with this controversy, uh, to have some prominent guys step down, um, citing dysfunction on the player council, who steps up? Uh, three out of the three guys who step up uh, one is Jurgen Meltzer, left-handed Austrian player. It was a, uh, I don't Decent think he was a, stand, uh, a slam contender, but he was in the, was he was in the, the 20 to 60 range. He was around a 16 ranking. guy, maybe a quarters guy occasionally. Yep, yep. And, of course, Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal. And uh, now we're getting off the facts and into my opinion. I just have this funny feeling that Jurgen and Roger, I know they're, they're tight, and Rafa, and Rafa and Roger have a, have a wonderful relationship, and a, uh, I don't think it's strained. I think they are truly friends, probably truly all friends, yeah. and also rivals. Um, and hey, they'll as much as you each can other be. a bit. But I have this feeling that they will, that they were handpicked, and that they will challenge Novak's opinions on Gimmelstab on overthrowing and replacing Chris Kermode and I think it's going to be a thing. how we run the tour how we yep. do things yep. in the future and and you know I, I know Rafa wanted a two-year ranking system and Roger didn't and I'm sure they'll disagree on a few things but I'm, I'm guessing they're going to agree on a few things that will irk Novak and again this is totally my opinion but I believe Novak will use that to gain um Three or four wins over Rafa and Roger, uh, down two match points each. <laughs> each time. he will use that angst. You know, <laughs> I remember what you said about three weeks ago. I remember that in that meeting in Geneva yeah. when we were sitting in that room. I'm going to get you. I'm getting you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's sort of like it's actually one of the things I admire most about Novak um, is when he heard fifteen whatever thousand people at Wimbledon chanting Roger's name. He heard them say Novak. That's what he heard. Like he yes. biologically converts the sound waves that say Roger into his own delusional or king brain. or anything like that. Yeah, and we, he hears Novak and he uses his as fuel and he wins a Wimbledon title. I don't think Novak's dad heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I caught uh, my research and development once yeah. again said uh, uh, just the, the opposite that his dad was kind of fuming huh? uh, at the at the crowd. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were they were not in his son's corner. I guess he didn't get that memo that uh, there was really Novak, Novak, not Roger. 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 <laughs> all, right, all right. So that was my sort of opinion uh, piece. Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's move to the second set. Very good piece. Very Who's good. Who's this one brought to us by? The, uh, dry socks. 
Our oh, good friends yes. Reggie and Reggie Don, Young and Don Crucius. Don Crucius. Love those guys. Right. Big Soxie. Yeah. Big Soxie. We call Don Crucius Big Soxie. Great company. If you need, uh, just just new to the market, Reggie has a really interesting process that he uses to uh, uh, for his socks, how they're made. Very, very nice. Comfortable. I think everybody w- will enjoy. The style is, uh, is either white with black letters or black with white letters. He's not cashing in on the trendy, you know, crazy sock colors. But, uh, so that's the style half of it. The substance half of it is these things really stay dry. Like they Reggie do. pours uh, uh, eight ounces of water on a pair of socks and, and shakes it off and puts them on, and it, they really are dry. You know, one other unique thing about the dry socks, one's made for your left foot and one's made for your right foot. Right. It says L and R on, on the right. inside of the of the sock you look, so you know that if you're putting your, your socks on, you look for the L, put it on your left foot. R, put it on your right foot, because your feet are shaped differently. Yeah. And that was one of his selling features. I remember when Reggie came into to the did, tennis did shop here. Did you call it a selling feature? Feature? Yes. Feature. Or benefit. I, it I could think be you just spelled feature F-E-E-T. Oh, ah, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> Look at that. Now that is what you call good wordsmithing from Folks, AJC. Oh, I appreciate that. That is 10 improv classes. That, that, that is. Back in the 90s. Well, I set yeah. you up for that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. That was right on the tee for you right there. <laughs> feature. A good feet. Sure. Sure. Right. But uh, he, does, he does seriously have yeah. a left, one for your left and one yeah. for your right. Because we have, we have two different feet and yep. two different ways that they're, I wouldn't say they're, they're designed, but they just have a different, uh, uh, as opposed to just normal socks that, uh, you know, you, you, we wash socks all the time and you yeah. look at them and you can kind of see which is, you know, if you've warm enough, you can tell which one is generally speaking, which is going to be on your right foot and which is on your left foot. But sometimes... You know, if you put on the, the wrong ones, you can kind of tell a difference until it molds to your shape of your foot. So, Reggie, you're, you're, you're brilliant, man. Uh, really good stuff. So, dry socks, check them out. Uh, uh, type in dry socks on your Internet Explorer. Oh, and let's tell the folks how to spell it. D-R-I-S-O-X-X. Right. X-X. Dos Equis, the most interesting socks in the world. There you go. Right there. Good for your feet, right? Good features. features. Good, good features. Full of features. <laughs> Feature rich. So in this second set, we're actually going to do a little stuff that uh, we call rapid fire or fast yeah. hands to each other. We're Uh-oh. actually gonna, we're actually going to do this on our to, to uh, we've never really we don't really talk about ourselves. We said we never would do that really a whole lot, but we thought you know in this segment we might uh, just kind of venture out. We've done this with a couple of our guests and talk talk to them about. Uh, uh, their experiences, uh, not necessarily around the great game. We do have some great game questions, but we also have some kind of some fun, just kind of pop culture type stuff. So, what's the who's the first band you saw in concert, AJC? Oh, I, I'm I've got one that's very hard to top. Um, uh, the I missed the opening act, and then the second band. This is at Shea Stadium, uh, about this Shea now. Stadium up in Shea Stadium in, in Queens, New York, New York. Really, okay. directly next door to the National Tennis, Tennis Center. Center. Okay. Um, so about this time of year, I would want to be a ball kid, go to the first week of the Open as a kid, and maybe a month or two later, a friend of ours uh, was a sound engineer or a session musician or something for the legendary band The Who. Ah, and. Not the Guess Who, but The Who. The Who. Yeah, Pete Townsend, Roger Daltrey, those guys. My first concert was The Clash, who opened up for The Who. Ah, and you missed The Clash? And I, no, it was the the opening act before The Clash. 
um, I think New York Dolls or David Johnson. Oh wow! Okay. So I missed out on that. I was just a little kid. I was a freshman in uh, um, high school, and I came away feeling like who? I, I mean, I've heard maybe two hits from the Clash. Who is this band? And then probably for the next ten or fifteen years, every time I would hear a song by a American or British. 80s college rock kind of artist I'd be like yeah yeah they're totally ripping off the Clash like that's right. that's the Clash like, yeah. they influenced quite a few and one of my favorite actors uh, and comedians Jerry Seinfeld is famous for saying I don't get the Clash I don't get the bad voice I don't get the sloppy guitars I don't I don't get it and I, I guess uh, there's a part of me who feels that way too but there's also a part of me like gosh that was raw they used a little bit of technology but not much a ton of attitude and style one guy had a horrible voice, uh, arguably, Joe Strummer. One guy had a sweet, melodic voice with punk rock behind him. You know, that was Mick Jones. Right, right. And, like, sensitive, almost cringy lyrics about love and loss, but then this upbeat uh, yeah. tempo. Right. So, yeah. sorry, long answer, but I like The Clash and The Who, first concert. Wow. CB, you, first concert. Uh, that would be the Electric Light Orchestra. ELO, ELO, Jeff Lynn. Yes, at the Myriad Convention Center in Oklahoma City. The Myriad, yeah. The Myriad Convention Center. It's I, still there. I've been there, and I remember seeing, uh, I think it was Sl- Slovakia versus USA Davis Cup like 10 years ago. Oh, at the Myriad. Yeah, yeah. at the Myriad. Now that's yeah. the, it's right next to the Ford Center, so they're, they're both still still there. The Ford still Center there. is where the Thunder plays, yeah, and then right almost, next to yeah. it is the Myriad Convention Center. And it was a walk from the... Hotel room where a bunch of the Skirvin. Did y'all stay at the Skirvin Hotel or no. Bricktown? Were you in Bricktown? We ate dinner in Bricktown, which was also kind of a long walk, but it was right there. But whatever hotel we were at, uh, who was there? Gully. We ate breakfast with Gully one day, which is amazing. By the way, Gullickson is likely going to be one of our guests ah, on this show coming up in September. You heard it right something. here. You heard We're it still working breaking out news. Details. Dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. Should I have leaked? I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I probably can keep that quiet until we have a real date on Gully, but what an amazing We're guy. working with his uh, people right now. We are. We are. Uh, Pete Sampras wasn't there that weekend, but you know who was there? His dad... Uh, Gus Sampras came to watch a Davis Cup tie that his son wasn't even playing in. That's what kind of a tennis fan that guy is. Wow, old Gus. Yeah. Wow, that, that's that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah. So mine was ELO. I liked I liked ELO. I still at like the Myriad. ELO. At the Myriad, man, it was it was awesome. Well done. Uh, yeah, that that's my first uh, entree into uh, people smoking pot too. Oh, there was sure. A, there was a lot of that in 1975 moving around. I didn't know what that was. I mean, there was a lot of that in 1982. <laughs> my first time experiencing that also. Yeah. I was like, "What's the smell in this place?" And all yeah. of a sudden, I see these this this little cigarette being passed around in, on the on the aisle. I was like, "What the what what is this?" <laughs> oh boy, uh, we could be we could be in trouble. But anyway, I, I will say this: um, one of the most uh, popular rackets right now by Wilson was named after my first band. And I'm guessing the next uh, Wilson hit rack is going to be the ELO. The ELO, that's right. Yeah. That, that would be that would be yeah. n- normal right there yeah. if, if things follow suit. Yeah. If you could hear a band, what band would you hear? Would, would you want to hear? If you could hear a band in concert, what what band would that be? Is there any band that you really like that you haven't seen that you like? Man, I'd like to go see those guys. And where would you want to see them at? I must be aging a little bit because I wrote some of these questions 
And now I'm surprised that you're asking me that. I know. It's a tough one. That's right. It's a tough one. I mean, yeah. yeah These I, are pop culture. I've seen pa- Paul McCartney, but uh, I've seen oh, really? With Wings? I, Did you see him with Wings? I saw I saw him solo. Okay. Yeah. but He's I, probably just as good, wasn't he? I, I would love to see the actual Beatles. I mean, while we're on the fantasy track. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. How about you? Boy, that's a tough one. Uh, maybe... Boston, because Boston yeah. is one of my favorite bands to this day. Still, Boston, Boston is my favorite album. I listen to that all the time. Uh, I would say Boston, the original Boston lineup with Boston. You know, you know the, the the whole the same same guys. I mean, they've gone through like a lot of bands too, a yeah. bunch of different people, and it's 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 a little different uh, configuration. Um, a couple guys have passed on, you know, into the to, to the uh, uh, next. Uh, uh, experience, let's put it that way, or existence. But I'd like to see Boston. Maybe uh, let's see where would I want to see those guys? I don't. I don't think it'd really matter, you know, because they were they were really good back in the seventies. Yeah. That was kind of our group. Uh, probably they came out in high school when I was in high school. And Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood Mac, Rumors. Oh my gosh, but that was that was the band. And the album of nineteen what seventy seven or seventy eight right. at Putnam City in Oklahoma City, awesome. man, Fle- Fleetwood Mac and Rumors. That was how about Fleetwood Mac uh, making an appearance on our podcast two weeks in a row because our guest last week, Hollywood agent, Hollywood manager, and executive producer Mark Provisero, his first concert when Craig asked him. Mm-hmm. Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. In Atlanta, Georgia at the Omni. Uh, now, I, I had a really interesting reference, speaking of bands. And, yeah. and So I was in Wichita, Kansas at a tennis tournament. We were in the Holiday Inn. It's a big 10-story. It's like a circular building. It's kind of like the Omni yeah. over here in Irving. You know, kind of goes uh, straight up, or yeah. the Renaissance Hotel. And so I was I was getting on the elevator, and uh, uh, just right now, I see these people. I, I, you know, it was kind of that awkward silence for a second. I knew Hart. The band Heart was in concert in Wichita, Kansas. This is about 1976, I think. And I go, it's kind of just awkward. I see these two girls and a couple of guys, and I go, you guys going to the concert? And they go, we are the concert. concert. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, oh. I go, oh. Great, yeah. And you were a fifteen-year-old kid. I was just kind of like, uh, okay, you know, and there's that awkward silence again. And then they got off, and then uh, I remember this. This was one of those cool hotels that had a pool, like on the fifth story. You know, oh. back in the seventies. You know, and I remember one of the guys. Man, that dude was just out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, he was not in Wichita, Kansas. He was. He was. Uh, one of the one of the I can't remember who the guy was. He's in the band. I know that. But he was just looking out into into space. He was he was kind of on the ledge, and he could just see that had that glazed look in his eyes, like he was not anywhere near you know Wichita, Kansas. But he was just out looking out over the sunset or something. I, I believe under um, the influence of something. I believe Cameron Crowe has heard your story about this, because in the movie Almost Famous from roughly 10, 12 years ago. There was a scene where um, the lead singer of the band, I forgot the name of it, I think Sweetwater or something, uh, was pretty drugged up. He was at a swimming pool in Kansas, not at the hotel you're talking about, but he was on, it was like some kid's house party, and he was on the roof by the pool, and he, uh, sort of like the the Leo DiCaprio in uh, Titanic, where he's the king of the world. King of the world! Up on the he, boat, yeah. he looks. He looks at the pool, yeah. and it's way down there. He's like, "I am a golden god," and he 
is like you're Just staring into space, space. and he's his eyes he's are there. glazed and <laughs> his eyes may have been, you know, some people have blue, gray, brown eyes. I think his eyes were actually tie-dye. And he, um, you yeah. know, I think dove into the pool and everybody just loved it. Yeah. No, this this no, this guy, like I said, it was on the ledge. He was just like, had his head like looking yeah. like a dog, just kind of like, uh, yeah, I could tell he was fried. He was fried. Yeah. Right. That's a good term right there. Fried. Yes. Yeah. He was under the influence of something. Let's put it that way. But uh, fun, funny stuff. Yeah. That, uh, I, that was one of my just most memorable mem- memories of about tennis tournament, you know, in, in some obscure, you know, little little town in Kansas. Well, yeah. And uh, this was a Missouri Valley. Yeah, uh, Missouri Valley. We were playing yeah. at the Riverside Tennis Center. I remember we had a bunch of kids from Oklahoma City that went yeah. up there. And uh, I remember I, that awkward silence. I'll still never forget that. <laughs> and just kind of like I was trying to be the icebreaker yeah, guy. Yeah, you're trying to help out a bit. I, I was not the most, you know. Uh, extroverted person also too at that time. That's crazy. Believe Craig, it or not, I think of you as a as a very nah, talented, I was pretty introverted uh, at that conversationalist. Point. Yeah. But at that time, I uh, yeah, you all going to the concert? Yeah, we are the concert. <laughs> we are the, I remember we are. that just like we're sitting here. Yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't say like, hey, you got any free tickets? Or, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, or you guys want to go on a date? You know, because that's when the Wilson sisters were pretty cute. They, they, oh, both of them. Yeah, I always found them pretty attractive. I thought they were they were the two hottest sisters in 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 music. They were really that was a good one two punch. When uh, I always forget the guitar player was always the thin one, and then this was uh, is it is it. Uh, Nancy, 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 yeah. Nancy is the singer. I think they kind of, she could kind of have a tendency to have what I call BP, big potential. Uh-huh. And so she'd get large. BP. <laughs> kind of like Serena. When Serena stops, you know, playing tennis, I think she has big BP, big potential. But uh, yeah, so that I was sitting there. That's when I was standing there and they were both in their, their more uh, formidable days when yeah. they're probably in their 20s. And I was in my, my teens, teens at that time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they, they were pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cute. Let's put it that way. But uh, let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, favorite movie, favorite movie or TV show? Do you have a favorite uh, movie or TV show that, uh, that you watch or like or past, like Brady is Bunch, a, Gilligan's yeah, Island? Yeah, so this is of all time. <laughs> of all current. time. It could be any, whatever. This is your, this is your time. You know, I, 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 I am, um, you know, I'm 50, and it's pretty easy for me to dig back and talk about, you know, Nastasia, Macarno, Lendl, 70s, whatever. I'm going to go kind of current. I'm going to say uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. Ah, the old Jerry Seinfeld. That's one of my absolute yeah. favorite television shows now. It's on Netflix and each YouTube episode and, is 16, yeah. 20, 18 minutes roughly. Yeah, it's pretty short. And what a blast. I mean, he pushes people. He is hilarious and smart. The not, car, phys- not physical. Com- not yeah, phys- yeah, but pushes, mentally. yeah, yeah. <laughs> mentally, he, he sometimes puts people in their place and his guests. He, I, I don't know how true this is, but I believe he personally curates the cars. Maybe the first half of the first season might have been all part of his collections. And uh, he seems to get cars that sort of fit the the artist, the guest. Uh, and sometimes they totally don't fit. He got a. I'm a car dork also, and he got a. I think like a 1956 uh, Porsche 356A, uh, just a tiny little car, and it was raining, so the top was up. And who's his guest? Six foot four Norm Macdonald, right? <laughs> right. So this Naturally. is a case of yeah, it, the car doesn't really fit the guy, but the car fits the guy. Instead of get, getting Hervé Villachay, who's like you know three foot six, <laughs> yeah. he, he gets Norm Macdonald six foot four, right? <laughs> Yeah. Or Mini-Me. Yeah. He could have gotten uh, Mini-Me. Uh, yeah, Vern Troyer, yeah. Vern Troyer. <laughs> so that's my favorite show. Craig, tell me about your favorite show. Actually, I'll, probably my favorite one of ooh, all time. 
Boy, I'm a Seinfeldian also. I mean, I love, I love the just the Seinfeld the uh, TV show, show, the Larry right. David. Yeah, right. I was watching it the other day, and, and uh, when they did the old hello, you know, they were talking outside, hello. <laughs> that was uh, just some classic <laughs> stuff, you know. You know, uh, no oh. soup for you, uh, shrinkage. You know, uh, oh, I was in the pool; it was cold. You know, yeah. that was a classic. Ugly baby. Uh, yeah, just about every episode is sponge worthy. Oh yeah, you can just uh, and we're talking about so, what nine seasons. No. Uh, ten seasons, maybe nine, ten seasons, yeah. Yeah, 89 to... Yeah, and then I never got into I never saw it in Curb Your Enthusiasm. That just never resonated with it's me. It's funny, I, it's, similar writing, same guy. Yeah, Larry David, but yeah. just not uh, same people. Yeah, no. yeah it just kind of never... And then it was just brilliant that they got everybody who was ever on Seinfeld at the very end of the last episode to appear. You know, I mean, that's just kind of... I don't know how they did that. Yeah, that's just funny, funny stuff that... Uh, you know, uh, also, I wanted to be a part of the Partridge family. Yeah, you know, I always liked the Partridge Aww. family because I thought that'd be cool to live in a bus and be in a music group. Uh, Especially the paint job on yeah. that bus. Oh, it was just yeah. awesome. You know, I yeah. thought Shirley Jones was a hot mom and, you know, David Cassidy and Danny Bonaduce. Susan Day did Susan a nice Day. job yeah. also. Right. Yeah. 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 So that was that was always one of those, those shows, kind of like the Brady Bunch that uh, I would like to probably hung around the Brady Bunch. I was at... When I grew up, my, my brother and sister, they were 11 and 9 years older than, than um, I am. So by the time I was in sixth grade, I was really kind of an only kid, yeah. kind of hanging around. So I, I always kind of missed having brothers and sisters, you know, there to beat up on or, yeah. or getting beat on, you know, that kind of thing. And I always thought, like, the Partridge family has had four kids or five, yeah, four, four, uh, five kids. I guess she had five kids. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Danny and, and uh, Susan Day. And uh, David Cass- yeah. Yeah, Cassidy. Yeah, Cassidy. And, the and then the two younger, Tracy yeah. and uh, what's the other? Oh, Chris. Chris. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they had five, and then the Brady Bunch <clears throat> was six. So I missed having that. They had kinda... Reuben Kincaid. Yes. Oh, was he yet another child or a father figure? <laughs> yeah. no, he's kind of both, wasn't he? Yeah, Reuben Kincaid. <laughs> That's I'll good. never forget that name. Yeah, yeah. Reuben Kincaid. That was, that was very good on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I, I always thought... Reuben Kincaid, is that a sandwich and a high school in Houston? Yes, it could you know, be. Reuben Together. Reuben Kincaid, yeah, That's it's right. both. The Reuben sandwich, <clears throat> right. Yeah, I just like that kind of, yeah, I was always in my mind about 13 or 14 that that'd be kind of fun to be in a big family because yeah. it's just my mom, dad, and, and myself, which... Uh, uh, you know, at that time, they always intrigued me. So Seinfeld to Brady Bunch to Partridge Family, that's, nice that's some going. pretty good stuff right well, there. Well, now I'm glad I went sort of current. Yeah. Uh, a little contrast. Thank you. All right. So uh, what do you enjoy doing? Are you a cooking, eating, drinking type person? Do you enjoy doing that stuff? I don't drink a lot of alcohol. I do drink a lot of uh, water and tea and whatever else. I uh, played in a table tennis tournament today, <laughs> so I enjoy doing that too. That's that's fun. So so not really. <laughs> yeah, you're not a cooker. You know, you don't. Uh, I do like grilling. I do like do, cooking. I like spices. Grilling like uh, I, meats or grilling yeah, I, uh, vegetables not, or. Yeah, I'm I'm a very precise, uh, dorky, uh, uh, preparer of tennis rackets and string jobs and all that, but. I don't follow recipes and I don't bake because you kind of have to. I'm more of a, you know, knife skills, vegetable prep, chop herbs, garlic, ginger, that kind of stuff. And uh, so I like prep and I like grilling. And sometimes both those happen yep, and they sometimes do. they don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, 
Uh, I like to eat more so. You're, yeah, I'm I, not, mean, I I'm, do too. Yeah. I'm not much of. I have. I don't really. I don't drink anymore since '92, so that's about 27 years. Oh, excellent. And uh, I'm not a real good cooker. I, I appreciate good people who who can do cooking. I like to eat. I guess I'm an eater as opposed to the to uh, the other skills. I, I don't. Uh, Fancy myself is a great cook. Uh, you know, Cindy used to always say I used to make a, a mean uh, chicken. Uh, my mom used to make a, kind of a lemon chicken, uh. and I made it for her a few times back in, in Utah when we got married. That's my wife. And she always asked me how to – it was kind of a chicken thyme with a little lemon on it. Oh, cool. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was – that was. Uh, but I haven't cooked – I haven't made that in 20 years probably. You know, even the, the kids don't know Dad can cook. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, before our audience thinks, oh, he's such a taker. What a jerk. He's such a giver in the tennis community, at his club, in the USPTA Texas. So you get a complete pass. At least I'm sure Cindy would agree, but if not, you get a complete pass on being a bit of a taker when it comes to food. Well, uh, no. I'll, I'll yeah. take all the food I can get. But I do <laughs> I do love barbecue. Barbecue is my favorite. I'll drive around anywhere to eat barbecue. Mm. Uh, I don't like to stand in line necessarily. I'll, there's some places here in town that are an hour wait or that hour and a half or two hours. I can't do that. You know, if, if it's 15 minutes, okay, I got it. But, you know, like uh, Cadillacs, there's a place called Cadillacs here locally that yeah. uh, I heard that you could wait for an hour. Franklin's down in Austin. Oh, you know, I, I, I have... Uh, been with the family and we waited in line at Franklin's. At Franklin's? I mean, when it was new, my friend and I totally got in. It was brilliant. The Brilliant. That was Greg Rosetsky, the was. British Davis Cup. Brilliant! Uh, from Quebec, yeah. But uh, <laughs> Did you have a Guinness beer when you were there and say brilliant? Brilliant! Brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> was it brilliant barbecue? <laughs> it was great. And then the next time we went, uh, the line was maybe two and a half, three blocks. Uh-oh. And by 11 a.m., it was done. It was and done. It was just, hey, did, did, sorry. Did, yeah. And by the way, it was really cold. It was like. So you, you didn't know, wait? Did between you? Christmas and New Year's, that kind of dead week. And uh, we, we, we waited. We waited, you waited? cold. We made friends with. Uh, my son's name is Half Josh. of Austin, huh? <laughs> Pretty much. Well, it, because it was between Christmas and New Year's, it's a lot of tourists, which is ah. one of the reasons it was easy for me to be there. But. We uh, were there with a very hipster, cool guy named Josh. Uh, he was a chef from Brooklyn, New York. He flew all the way down for Franklin's, and I was a little more disappointed for him than I was for myself yeah. in missing out. Right. Yeah. Fra- Franklin's is notorious. If you're in Austin, yeah. Franklin's is the place, as is Lockhart, uh, Texas. That's the, considered the yeah. barbecue capital of the world. Of the world, yeah. Have you ever eaten at any of those places? I, I've eaten at uh, not the Lockhart down there. I've eaten at the It's All Good Barbecue in Spicewood, Texas. Yes, that's pretty, and pretty good. one of the finest. I'm not as much of an authority as you, but I do want to mention, when you say barbecue, you know, in certain parts of the world, uh, including California and New York, when you say barbecue, it just means grilling outside. To a f- select few, it means smoker, low heat, that kind of thing. Yes. With in the sauces. Carolinas, maybe it's a vinegar yes. sauce. In certain parts of the country, it's tomato-based sauce. Yes. A lot of times it's pork, and I assume being from Oklahoma— you're talking more Texas barbecue? Yes. Yeah. You're I, talking I, I'm beef. cattle. I'm cattle. cattle. Yeah, beef. you're not pork. I'm not pork. And you are I'll eat pork. I'll eat pork. If dry rub and yep. you are yes. sauce on the side? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. If if it's depends. If if it's good barbecue, I know you're not supposed to sauce it cuz that really makes the the uh, it could make a, a chef yeah. or a cook mad that uh, you're saucing his, his stuff which that's that can kind of get under the dander of some people. 
but, but there are some good sauces out there yeah. that uh, I like to uh, to try. Just, uh, uh, but I like pork. I'll take pork, but I prefer beef as opposed to pork. Yeah. And I don't like the vinegar stuff. Sorry, people over on the East Coast, but yeah, Carolina, that, that's awesome. yeah. I can't go vinegar. That's not, yeah. that's not my my uh, uh, idea of, of good barbecue. So yeah, so mm. yes, so barbecue, a barbecue like a Barbie or something like that. If you're Australian, yeah, you know, you could be uh, uh, you're just grilling something. Uh, barbecue here, and when you say barbecue, that's that's means you're gonna yeah, down here. Barbecue means low and slow, right? Smoked, uh, typically mesquite wood or one right. of the right. one of those woods. Uh, and when you simply grill something, you simply call it grilling. Yeah, grilling, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Or a cookout. You know, when I was down in Australia, uh, it always disappointed me because Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee, we'll save a shrimp on the barbie for you. They don't even call it shrimp down there. No. They call it prawns. prawns. Yeah. Right. So, I was, so I was at the tennis facility. We were playing tennis. And I was at the trip a couple of years ago, and they were going to have a, a night where they were going to grill. And uh, so I, I thought I was going to be the classic American and go, hey, you're going to save a shrimp on the barbie oh, for yeah. us? They yeah. go, what are you talking about? And I was yeah. like, they looked at me like some putts. You know, I was like, they looked oh, at you come like, on. Okay, he either just saw a Paul Hogan movie <laughs> or a Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> <laughs> Where they never say that stuff. You know, I was like, oh, you guys don't say that? No, we don't save shrimp on the Barbie for people. Like, yeah, I was that like, was, that was written, totally made up. Written yeah. Hollywood, mate. Yeah. Oh, God, I felt so, I felt like about the size of an ant. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I go, save a shrimp on the Barbie for us, mate. And they're like, looking at me like, you're an idiot. <laughs> so anyway, Okay, keep going on. Yes. Okay. Four people that you would invite for dinner. This is a tough one. Uh, I think this is a really tough, uh, you could invite any four people anytime you want, maybe even in the future. Maybe you could get, uh, you know, Captain Spock, you know, or or, or, or J- Captain James T. Kirk of the Starship Enterprise. Oh, fictional. Oh, that do anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah, because we, we've had some really good answers. I mean, your buddy Mark, boy, he had some interesting ones. What did he have, like, uh, Constantine, the Emperor Constantine? And yeah. uh, he went back with uh, oh, Anne Boleyn. Yeah, there's definitely some— uh, uh, He was going way back in history on this thing. He did. He's a Napoleon. He's a smart, smart guy. And you could tell there was a, a, a little bit of the, the sort of uh, Catholic guilt or mm. latch <laughs> yeah, Catholic right. vibe there with the Constantine. I like the Catholic guilt. Yeah, yeah, there's a little of that. <laughs> Yeah, Catholics always feel guilty about something because they're always saying something, praying and hail marys yeah. and this, that, or the other. You know, I'm a Lutheran, and uh, I gotta go with either Dietrich Bonhoeffer or Ooh. or Martin Luther himself. Yes, I- I'm gonna go with Luther. So he was what 1514 when that when he wrote the uh, yeah. Martin Luther. Yeah, yeah. the uh, 95 thesis. Uh, the, and hung it on that the, thing on the church, church Wittenberg. Yeah, right. Um, That's pretty so, good for a, a guy like me. Yeah, see right there. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you Martin did. Luther, and uh, not for just uh, coincidence or alliteration, but I want Martin Luther King to be seated next Ooh, to him. Martin Luther and Martin yeah. Luther King. Yeah. Ah. Uh, and, and maybe it's a bit of a reference yeah. last week to Mark, who said Gandhi, mm-hmm. Mahatma Gandhi. Um, Gandhi. I, I know Gandhi. Gandhi inspired. Gandhi. Gandhi uh, is good. A, He's been good. Very good man. Uh, in a big My way. My name is Haji. <laughs> Haji from Johnny Quest, everybody. Warm welcome. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, AJC. G- uh, Gandhi-inspired Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, in part, was named after Martin Luther. So yes. those two guys are next to each other on Boy. the seating chart. Boy, about a 500-year difference right there. In, in This uh, is the beauty of dinner table. This, this like is this. it. Yeah, this I is like a great it. question. All right, so two more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you finish the, the no, guest no, list. No, no, oh, oh, for me? Okay, yeah. my two. 
ooh, now, ah, I know, I know, I want to talk to um, the great general Robert E. Lee and go, why the hell were you going up, you know, at Gettysburg trying to uh, uh, take your guys and go up, uh, uh, you know, what was uh, the famous battle? I'm just oh Gettysburg, Gettysburg, and where they were, they were, they were, they had. It's just July third. So it's it, oh okay. Come on, come on, correct uh, or Antietam? No, 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 no. no. I'm going it Gettysburg. is Gettysburg. Okay. Gettysburg. They're, they're yeah. going across. I'll think of it here in a second. And uh, I just want to know why he wanted to march those guys out there in full. You know, ten thousand guys, yeah. and he wanted to go across to uh, try to get the uh, Union soldiers and. Uh, uh, oh, that, Dad, give it the famous battle. Jeez, I'm going to think of it here in about 45 minutes after we're through. But uh, I, I want him. I want to talk to him about that. I just want to go. Why did you do that? What were? You, why were you thinking that it was a good idea to send ten thousand guys across a field that's about a mile in length? And uh, I like Civil War history. I, I'm I, a, lo- yeah, I, I love history. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on that stupid battle right now, so I, I apologize. And someone's going to send it to me and go, "You're an idiot," because I can't remember the the, the, the famous battle on July third, eighteen sixty four. Fourth guest yeah. is. For dinner is uh, Abraham Lincoln, and then Abe Lincoln. Well, he'd be an interesting guy to Especially talk with. Especially with Bobby Lee, Robert yes, e. Lee yes. next to him, right? And the Martins across the table. Boy, that that would be a, just a huge, yeah. Because yeah, you know, Abe Lincoln single handedly kept this country together. Basically, I think he did it all for the reasons, not necessarily for slavery, for the North. He, he knew that he needed to keep the, the country together. He, can't, he was the right person at the right place at the right time. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great dinner party. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, that, that, that's some high-powered thought process yeah. right there. Uh, you know, those guys. Uh, uh, or if not Lincoln, like if yeah. you can't make it mm-hmm. um, uh, equally as poignant and brilliant. Um, Ulysses S. Grant, then, if you want to. I was going to say Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Yeah. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Wow. Now, that would be. Single handedly, some... she has kept this country together. That'd be some wild and wacky <laughs> stuff. <laughs> that would be an interesting conversation. Yes. There's some pop culture into that. Oh, man. Yeah, that that would really. Uh, uh, I, I'd also like to, to have uh, JFK at, at dinner, you know, maybe with Lee Harvey Oswald, have those two guys at the same yeah. dinner table and have them talk and kind of go, Okay, why did you want to kill this guy? Yeah. Or, and are you a patsy? Because I think I'm a yeah. conspiracy theorist. I am too. And I know our question is for dinner guests, but the uh, the surprise fifth guest would be the third shooter. Yes, yes, yeah, the mysterious third shooter. Because I I believe there was somebody over on the hill. We live in Dallas, yeah. we, and we, I'm sure you like like oh. I've been down there many times down to the. Uh, uh, Six, six floor, fifth floor, fifth floor, fifth floor, sixth, sixth floor, floor museum, sixth floor museum. I've yeah. seen the Zapruder film. Mm-hmm. I've seen Slacker by Rick Linklater. Yep, where he he satirizes the whole uh, the weird conspiracy theories and the people pouring through microfiche and this is pre-internet uh, in libraries in Dallas and Austin in particular. And I have done, I think, two or three. Uh, tours besides my first one as a tourist. But as a guy living here, I've done two or three tours by uh, really smart guys and maybe a whack job or two also on that grassy knoll. I, th- I think that's it's one of the fascinating stuff. Things. I'd like to have been a fly on the wall See, about that time at nineteen in the early 1960s because I just think that uh, Lee Harvey 
couldn't have pulled the trigger that fast, you know, and I'm, I'm so be glad that accurate. I'm so glad you're mentioning this. And, and uh, we have a listener named Marco Mottadelli in Monza, Italy. And he is a, a reader of, and he's a, a, a close friend and a really, really close friend of a, a friend of mine who also writes at uh, tennisplayer.net. And Marco uh, is dying to come to Dallas, not just to hit a few balls with us, but to immerse himself and interview people who might have been there. And he is the, seriously, he's the biggest Kennedy assassination buff I've ever mm, talked to, nosy stuff, emailed huh? with. And he sends me links and he's like, hey, have you seen this? Have, did you go? I was like, yes, I went to that 50th year anniversary in 2012. It was a rainy day, November 20-something. Uh, I'm blanking. I think it's November 23rd or 22nd of 62 is when it yeah. happened. So 50 years later was 2012. I remember uh, parking was terrible. I was on a bike ride anyway, so I wanted to go down there. Just to see what's and going it on. it was heavily restricted, hard to get in, particularly if you're a moron on a bike like me on a rainy day. But you know who I ran into? Uh, uh, on, the, on the easy side of the barricades was a loud, loud conspiracy theorist on a megaphone, uh, Alex Jones of Infowars.com. Oh, yes, yes. And he is just screaming it's raining he's got that vein popping out of his forehead his and forehead his and his neck <laughs> and he's talking about how kennedy was the last honestly elected politician in america and uh basically just talking about the state-run media and how they wouldn't let him in that kind of thing this mm. is one of the most interesting rainy days i've, I've had uh, in the past decade in the dallas area yeah, certainly well, that, that's all good stuff. I, I tell you yeah. what, let, let's end the second set right there, and we'll we'll, we'll do some tennis questions maybe at another time That'd about some other other things. Because we're we're getting at the one hour mark right oh, now. Yes, good. And we want to go into the third set, which is sponsored by our good buddy Blair Descaray with Master Systems. If anybody needs any resurfacing, any type of building of tennis courts, uh, Blair with sport courts too, sports courts, pickleball courts, you name it, Blair does it. Uh, he does lines, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> So our good buddy Blair Descaray with Master Systems, look him up on the internet. They, he's got a great company, and he'll uh, give give you a, a, a good price at a uh, and do do a great job for you. But uh, let's talk talk about uh, Dingles and Pringles. What, so what's what's this all about, AJ? Oh gosh, um, uh, Dingles. I, I'm guessing a lot of our tennis connoisseurs knows that it's uh, basically four people are on a court. They play one-on-one down-the-line points like singles, and then when one of the balls end, one of the rallies ends, it turns into a doubles point, and it promotes some awareness and all that. And uh, you and I might know some pros who really go to the well with this kind of a thing. Yes, we do. I call one guy here locally, you know, three-court dingles. Three-court dingles. (laughs) He feeds three courts. Right. He does. Three courts at one time. It's the that's, darndest thing. That's remarkable. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. So I, I, I had a few really cool, fun ranked juniors who really always wanted to play dingles after some hard drills uh, or after some compulsory kind of stuff like serves and returns and all that. Um, and two of them would always, uh, basically, when your rally ends, you you say loudly the word dingles, and it turns into a doubles point, and you enjoy the doubles point. They would giggle and not say dingles. They would call it Pringles. And uh, and then they would giggle to the point where it 
interrupts their breathing and it's kind of funny and they uh Pringles, are that's laughing. a funny word. Yeah, Pring- it's Pringles and they're just laughing and you know, they, they like potato chips and you know, it's just cute. So while picking up balls after this, I just kind of uh I gathered them up and I said, All right kids, a bit of tennis history and culture here. Little known fact, Pringles uh, their original intention was to manufacture tennis balls. I did not know that. Well, they are a cylinder, cylindrical-type can. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, on, they look on, like it. On that first day, I mean, they got their company together. They got everything ready, packaging, shipping, logistics. Uh, on the day that the rubber pellets were supposed to show up, this huge truckload of potatoes arrived and set. And the very agile Pringles manager on duty declared, ah, what the hell, cut them up. Cut them up. And it became a potato chip company. No kidding. Just yeah. right there that that day. Yeah. Now, I, I can't take credit for that. That was this 90s comedian named Mitch Hedberg. But I always saw him as a non-tennis player who probably loved tennis because that wasn't his only tennis joke. The other one was uh, he talked about... <clears throat> uh, he talked about, oh, the depressing thing about tennis is no matter how good we get, we'll never be as good as a wall. The wall's pretty darn good, right? Definitely. Has anyone beat the wall that you know of? I don't know. I, if, I, was a wall a big part of your development as a kid? Oh, man. Obviously, yeah. I, I still hit the wall. I've never I'm beat off the, the wall. wall. I'm off You're the wall. You're off the wall. <laughs> I, I've enjoyed the wall for touch, slices. Sometimes I would even serve and then move in and volley my serve. I think that was sure. really good for me. Of course, what basketball players do is they dribble against a wall, and what tennis players do is we volley, volley, volley oh, yeah. or forehand, backhand, quick, 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 or... The Kara Black. You mean, did you see Kara, Oh, I love that. I, I don't know. I, I, she I, does like, what, I 50 volleys in like 30 seconds or something? something I believe ridiculous. it was 115 in 60 seconds. Yeah, something like it's that. Yeah. ridiculous. It's, like, yeah. it's more, it's about Rhodesian, two, two a second. Zimbabwean yeah, Rhodesian. Yeah, yeah. Boy, she, I mean, you talk about somebody who's got some really unbelievable hands, can hit a spot. And double-handed, which yes. I would never... Look try. it up on YouTube. If I, mean, you I, can see do, I don't Black. know if I counted one fifteen in, in sixty it was, seconds, but I can go pretty quick one handed. I I don't know if I'm that agile lefty uh, double handed. Yes, this is right lefty. Right. Yeah, right, yeah, right. right, right. Yeah, it, it's one impressive. Of, one of the things I love is to hit an overhead into the ground and then it hits the wall. Up, yep. That lobs me. Yes. And I hit an overhead, and the goal is you know if I can get twenty overheads in a row, that's pretty good. Not bad. You asked an interesting question, and I had no answer. Have you? You asked me. Have you ever seen somebody beat the wall? You know, I, actually, I have. You? Yes. When we were doing, yes. I uh, knew there, it. There, there was a guy on our tennis team at Weber State. Shout out to Weber State Wildcats. 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 Go Cats. Uh, my friend Walt Prisbury from Kanab, Utah. Kanab, Utah. K-A-N-A-B. Yes. Kind of rhymes with Moab. Right. Moab, Kanab. Yeah. yeah, they got all that kind of uh, jazz down there. So yeah. uh, Utah Jazz, did you get that? I got, I got, yeah. caught it. I love it. <laughs> got to get up pretty early. That's kind of like DFW feats and yeah. features and feats and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, right? it's a pun. It's the, is it the highest or lowest form of humor? That's pretty low for, for yeah, mine. Yeah, mine, mine was yeah. very low. But well, in, anyway, Walt would, uh, he played at Weber. Yeah. Uh, I was there with him for a year. He's the 1A, the defending, he was the four-time 1A state champion from Utah. So his coach and practice partner was a wall? Yes, and every other day, because he would play with an old guy that was about 70, he told me, every other day as well, because he would wear him out, so he couldn't hit with him every day. So he didn't have, like, nationally ranked 16s and 18s no, no, to hit with. No, there was no, uh, it was just the wall. So, like, to prep him for mm-hmm. Division One college tennis, no. there was none of that. No, none of that. He was a 70-year-old guy, and, and it a was wall. a wall. And it was, <clears throat> he, he hit the wall so many times, it was the plywood wall, that he had actually uh, broke it 
So he actually beat the wall. I mean, Walt Prisbury from Kanab, Utah. He broke it down. He broke it down. I love it. Down to its basics. Yep. So that's only one guy that I know that has beaten the wall. I mean, because otherwise there's... you know, there's Impressive. no way. I mean, if you've got a concrete wall, cinder block wall, yeah. I mean, there's there's just no way you're yeah. gonna, you're going to knock that down. But a plywood, you know, that and that was big. We had we had plywood walls in Oklahoma City. I remember yeah. back on we had um, sixteen outdoor courts. Back on four of our back courts, we had uh, these plywood backboards, and that's I'd go out there and thump 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 thump. I'm yeah. sure the neighbors probably hated that when you know kids were out there hitting hitting the balls on the the north end of the the court were a bunch of plywood backboards back there that's a and loud, yeah. oh that, yeah that's a terrible thump and i'm sure that they were not happy about woodlake racket club uh, <laughs> building walls uh, in uh, their neighborhood like man that. cb i did not expect that you actually had a guy who beat a wall. Beat a wall. We had one. That is great. I know one guy. Uh, Mitch Hedberg, God bless your soul, but um, somebody has beaten the wall. Your joke is yeah, obsolete. Sorry, pal. Sorry, Walt Prisbury. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the great Walt Prisbury. But uh, also, too, uh, you, we were going to talk about Kay Nishikori. You've got Kay Nishikori. I wanted to use Kay <laughs> as a follow-up to one of uh, CB's great questions and points and ideas in the What's Your Game, Mr. Chabria um, uh, segment. Uh, I believe that was episode two when Craig's idea was some sort of an all-star break with skills drills or skills competition. That's correct, yes. For professional yes. tennis players. That's correct, yes. And, you know, I, I will cite, yeah, Arthur Ashe like Kids Day has come a long, long way since 1986 or whatever they started those things. But I saw a clip of a very physical, entertaining Japanese game show. Uh, And the Japanese are famous for highly offensive, uh, difficult, and challenging game shows. Uh, They didn't put Kei Nishikori in some weird position, but they put him on a tennis court. They put, I forget, it was something like 16 targets. And he did not need more than one or two shots to knock down all these targets, and it was was that his, accurate. He's amazing, and I remember seeing uh, Agassi and Hingis absolute absolutely dominate this style drill with the American Express targets uh, at the U.S. Open. At the U.S. Open, they, day, yeah, they did something yeah, ten, twelve years ago, or whatever it was, fifteen years ago. Well, Nishikori was even better than either of them, and he was absolutely roping these targets over and over. And yeah, if he'd miss one. Nail the next one. Nail the next one. Oh, missed one. Nail the next one. So I think it'd be great, like punt, pass, and kick. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. that'd be kind of fun. Chip, what are they? Chip, chip, putt, and drive. Chip, putt, drive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it'd be fun. The, the, yeah. the Japanese get this type of uh, game show, and we need a bit of that for us. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This segment actually is. What's your game, Mister oh, Chabby? I forgot that. Sorry, sorry about you that. Say it. This so, is the third you, set. You that, say it I exactly it. like Auric Goldfinger. What's your game, Mister Chabby? In Goldfinger, yeah. Right. Auric Goldfinger. Yeah. yeah. This is the third set. So when you said that, I was like, Oh, oh no, I missed it. Opportunity. Yeah. Sorry about 
about that. Yeah. Sorry, I, beat I fumbled. You I fumbled this time. It's all right. I was all there right. to. Uh, you were there to help. To pick it up and flea flick it back to you, brother. Right. So I appreciate that. So, but uh, all right, let's move on to the fourth set then. So we we just had what's your game, Mister Chabria. <laughs> now we're going to talk about uh, the fourth set. This would be uh, sponsored by our good friend John McClam with Court Harbor, who uh, provides a nice place for uh, balls to rest and relax. That's why I put uh, on tennis news you can almost use. Yeah. It's a good place. That's kind of his title for his uh, particular functional branding uh, unit that, that is, it's four feet by four feet, and it does a really nice job. Uh, John, John McClam and the good, good folks at Court Harbor are uh, – He's just thought outside the box with uh, what, whatever you can be able to put, you know, the, you can have a stormy petrol on there. Right I've there. seen it. I, I was in Atlanta actually recently and hit with a few teammates, former teammates. Oh, on the college great courts? buddies, yeah. And they have Court Harbor. Uh, it even sounds good. Like when you rip a ball, unless it's a, if it's an extreme angle, it'll go to the next court. Uh, as, as you know, a lot of colleges have battery of six in a row or three and three or something. Um, a lot of clubs have batteries of two, and those that don't have proper dividers, this thing is genius because, like you said, it's functional. Uh, it's not intrusive. It's what did you say? It's four foot, four, four feet by four, four feet. feet, four feet high by four mm. feet in length, basically. And just my tastes. I, I have played on uh, courts with the signage in the back, like like basically a, a an arena or a pro tennis uh, venue with. You know, American Express signs and all that stuff. And if if it's not tonal enough, uh, the ball can get lost in the wrong color. With this Court Harbor stuff, rather than doing branding on your windscreens and having some people complain, oh, I was losing the ball on the logo, the logo's off to the side, side. on a Court Harbor. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty smart. Yeah, it does, smart, it does redirect balls. It redirects smart balls product. into a, a, a more... <clears throat> As opposed to rolling backwards or, or on another court, it does uh, yeah. d- does a really good job. John thought of a really interesting idea. <laughs> and, and John is a big fan of the show, and I've I've personally never met him. I've only emailed with him, and I think of the world uh, think the world of him. And John, thank you for sponsoring set number four today. Right, and also uh, providing a good functional uh, place for balls to rest and relax. Right, <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, let's move on to our final set. Which is get off my lawn. Oh, yes. This is get off my lawn. See, I, I made it right now. See, I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking again. You're on it, man. And th- this, this uh, uh, final set is sponsored by our, the good folks with USPTA Texas. Mm-hmm. We're USPTA Texas uh, pros, uh, United States Professional Tennis Association. Uh, we're having our summer retreat coming up this weekend at uh, T Bar M in Dallas, Texas. Yes. See, anybody here? A lot this? of our USPTA divisions nationwide have one conference every year. And, of course, there's the the World Conference also. This year it's in Las Vegas. Um, Not a lot of divisions have a a conference and a second conference, or as we call it, a retreat. That's correct. Um, I know some of the others want to pick up on that trend, but I'm really proud that we have uh, good attendance at our winter one and then pretty darn good attendance, even though it's August oh, yeah. and it's 103 degrees here all the time. In Dallas, yes. Yeah. It, it, it's, it was, it's been really hot. It finally, summer, finally. Yeah, uh, June and July were pretty uh, yeah, laid pretty back. Mild, yeah. Pretty mild for yeah. us by our standards. But uh, August uh, is making up for it really fast. Yeah. But yeah, well, we have, overnight lows of 81, mm-hmm. right? And then. Most people's highs. Yeah. And then when I was driving over here at 740 this evening, it was 100 degrees. 
Sun, sun yep. was going down. Now, now, now we got us some summertime. Yeah. Okay, just in time for the summer retreat. But uh, you've got a, a few thoughts about... Oh, uh, you know, you asked a nice question about what's one of my favorite television shows, uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. And Jerry himself was recently f- uh, interviewed, and he, he joked about how many uh, knockoffs there are of that, uh, like Carpool Karaoke, uh, James Corden, that kind of stuff, right? So I thought, I have one for you, and I, I'm going to make a reference to Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. How about Coaches on Courts? Making fun of other coaches. Uh, that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, similar alliteration. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't drink a lot of coffee. I don't think you do either, right? No. We, I, I think I we never both really, wake up and just kind of roll, we're, right? We're there, right? Yeah, yeah. I just nice. never enjoyed the taste of coffee. I, anybody, anytime you have to flavor it up, sugar it up, that kind of thing. Jerry, you're not going to be very happy with sorry, it. I love sorry, the Jerry. smell of it. Yes. I love the conversation aspect of it, but... I'm more of I'm a more of water tea. and tea guy. Some, yeah. some Earl, Earl, yeah. Earl Grey would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. A little lemon, a little honey in it. There you go. So uh, coaches on courts making fun of coaches. Uh, I'm going to throw another C word in there for the alliterative property. Some cliches, some tropes. Ah, um, down the middle solves the riddle? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, in the 70s, it was things like... Uh, Watch the ball, bend your knees. That'll be fifty dollars, please. You know that kind of thing. Timothy so Galloway. That's a nice. Uh, that's a nice cliche from the tennis boom years, my childhood. What are some fun? Uh, get off my lawn. What are some fun uh, cliches that that work, that are wise, but they're just rather overused now, Craig? Well, I think, think I think pat the dog. Yeah, we were talking about yes. patting the dog. I I was always one. No, no disrespect to Rick Macy. Oh, he loves that. I, I, he he always wants to pat the dog, and I yeah. always wanted to ask him: Is that a Doberman or is that a Chihuahua? Is, is, it, tr- is that Scooby Doo up here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe it depends on <laughs> the ball. <laughs> yeah, how? Yeah, like basically, it's or is the uh, Yokiero Taco Bell? Yeah, <laughs> the tiny little Chihuahua. <laughs> right. uh, so, so the idea is, of course, we prepare with both hands. Yes. And the, you know, you're patting a dog with your right, with your hitting hand. See, so, I, yeah, I don't do that. I, I you're do, more on the edge. Yes. Yeah. yeah my edge stays you know, yeah. pretty flush. You know, to, to more perpendicular. Where Rick <laughs> wants you to, to, you know, pat the dog on like, the head, uh, like 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 Nadal, reeling it all, Joker. Yeah. I yeah. remember Sergi Bruguera would pat a low dog all even on a mid height ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so pat the dog is one. Yes. I want to also make fun of the word shot tolerance. I, I, oh. Uh, I get it. And one yeah. of my favorite yes. one-handers of the 80s, Elliot Telcher, I saw him at a conference and I, I really admire him and I like him. He's from SoCal. <clears throat> he would use the word shot tolerance, you know, five or six times in a 35-minute talk. And I thought, yeah, I, I, I okay. think it's kind of a trumped-up way to say uh, you know, Just keep the ball how, in play? Yeah, how long? Like, okay, that guy breaks down after six shots or after four shots. Like, you know, keep him rolling and he's going to miss or he freaks out and he goes for too little or he goes for too much and then you got My it. shot tolerance was <clears throat> never high. It, I had like three shots. You were seriously attacking like like Anacone, Edberg. Yes, right. Yeah, you're a major attacking player. I, I could beat yeah. Anacone to the net who beat McEnroe to the net yeah, on his serve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember John Crazy. McEnroe. The only guy that could beat me to the net on my serve was Paul Anacone. Oh, John was quick and Anacone. Coney, maybe even quicker. That's crazy. Well, yeah, because yeah, John liked to get to the net on his serve, but yeah. Anacone was there chipping and then going as well. Yeah, the, the saber, right? Sneak the, attack by right. Roger. I hate that word. I, that's another. Let's, that's another let's make one. Fun of it. Saber. Yeah, Come on. Get off my 
Lawn. I love, I love Roger, but Roger didn't invent that. No. Yeah, I mean, he has fun with it. Edberg didn't do it either. I, I feel like Kyrgios, maybe it's the Saban. What a stupid. Yeah. It looks stupid, it's too. It's too much. It's you know, too when much. they do it, you know, they, it looks forced. It's not like the chip and the charge. It's more, they don't even chip it, really. Yeah. They just kind of try to whack it and go. Yeah, the Saber. Yes, I, yeah. Saber. Lose it. Lose it. So get off my lawn with that one. Uh, what about the word uh, shape? Oh, I hate that word. I used shape to like the ball. it. I, I get it because if I, like play, a I, don't, shape. I don't like to hit. That's right. <laughs> I, I'm not going to hit a lot of flat, flat, flat shots, but you know, I want to shape balls, and sometimes a bit more when I'm going for depth or arc, sometimes a little less when I'm cracking one. But holy cow, when uh, when Gimmelstab, uh started using that word maybe every three games in telecasts, I thought, you know, the shape has jumped the shark. <laughs> yeah, and uh, incidentally, the expression "jump the shark" has jumped the shark. shark. Yeah, it's time for at that. least twenty years ago. That right? Happened. Yeah, let's get rid uh, of that. So get off my lawn with uh, shape. Shape the ball again. Th- these are all concepts I like, but damn, yeah. do these get overused. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially yeah, the tennis vernacular of the announcers. It seemed like they come up with something different. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about shot tolerance. Yeah. Oh, shot tolerance drives me nuts too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just get the ball over the net one more time. You yeah. Know? Yeah, or uh, yeah, the, I, I'm thinking of some other ones. So keep going though. What's, oh, what's, yeah. what's another one? Uh, I think I think that's trust all. the process. Trust the process. Oh my gosh, trust the process. I do trust the process, and I love it. I I feel like it's got some roots in John Wooden uh, coaches that I've read and admired for for a decade or two or three. But uh, I'm feeling like some people are overusing that now. Trust the process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. In other words, at some point. Uh, a savvy student who has heard it and hasn't bought in yet, at some point he or she will tune out when you say trust, trust the process. The process right. and, and there are going to be some people who are like, yes, coach, thank you for reminding me. But I think that number is shrinking. It's kind of like Jason Garrett, the coach of the Cowboys, saying we, we need to play better in all three phases of the game. I'm like, I hate listening to Jason Garrett. It's like robot Jason it is. Garrett. It is. You just get tired of, of hearing. I mean, no disrespect to Jason. You know, I'm no, sure no, he's, he's probably Red's, a, Red's awesome. He, Coach uh, Red's a nice guy, yeah. I'm sure. But, boy, you know, when, you know, offense, defense, and special teams. Man, I am just so out on his three phases of the game all the time. It's just that's – and that's that's a football terminology. Yeah. That's not tennis. I know no. we're talking tennis, but that's it, there's a very similar correlation between there, the two. It's way it's overused. totally germane. Well, um, and he's doing that on purpose, you know, because he's not going to give – he's not no, giving he, anything he, to the media. He does not raise no dummy, and he is – Oh, well schooled media. Princeton, in India, Princeton educated guy. Ivy League guy. He's an Ivy Leaguer, yeah. so he's not giving anything yeah. to, to the masses. But yeah, that three phases of the game, that, that is so, you know, I want to. Yeah, and, and kudos to Craig Bell for two Dallas Cowboys references. In, in, in one, one podcast. Yep. I got it, man. Well done, I am. Buddy. I am working that yes. you know, on, on the uh, on the on the uh, podcast tonight. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of some other ones, just really quick. Gosh, you know, the, I'm uh, a little tired of the prefix "super" because it used to be that hey, we're excited to be here, and now if you say you're excited to be somewhere, you you seem aloof because you have to say, "Oh, we're super excited." And there are times in yes. like digital marketing ads, there are times in tennis lessons, I hear people. Say, oh, it's uh, it's super good to see you. Oh, that was super fun. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. And I'm like, my goodness, like you can't even talk normally anymore. You have to have a prefix. Yes. It's like, uh, yeah, man, I, we were crazy busy this weekend. 
Okay. I would have yeah. bought it if you just said, said we were quite biz- busy, that we're very busy this weekend. Yeah. But you didn't need to add the the adjective uh, of, uh, you know, or would that be an adverb? Is that adverb or adge- adjective? That would be, I'm, I can't remember my English, but yeah, crazy, yeah. you know, being, being the, I think that. Yeah, a crazily would crazy. be the, the adverb. Yes. And adjective would be simply crazy. Yeah. yeah. I got another word for you. Yeah, yeah. Great. I hate the word oh, great sometimes. Goodness. Well, what a great shot. What a great player. You know, that, that becomes such an overused, you know. Uh, the only time I, ta- I, I, I don't mind it is when the person is innocently trying not to say amazing and epic. Could and be. And awesome. Well, I mean, there's one person Because those great. mean jack squat anymore. So, so is, can you say that, uh, well, we, we can all probably say that Roger Federer is great, greatness. All right. Yeah. But but can you say like the you know John Isner is he great? You know, is he? I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Okay. So yeah. do, or do we go back like Ryan Harrison is the great Ryan Harrison? Can, can, uh, yes. can you say that even? You know, I mean, he's a nice guy. I'm sure. I'm, I'm just throwing I mean, out Fa- Fabio Fognini. Is he great? Yeah. You know, oh, that's a great shot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. He's not necessarily a great player, but he hits a great shot. Can you? Yeah. Is the word "great" overused as well? It, is it? Did sometimes I think it gets overused in the coaching world. Oh, what a great shot! Oh, yeah. you know, it's like awesome. You know, it's like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is it more of? It's, it's something that they just can't come up with another term for. Or a player. I'm just going to get a little bit so sociological on you here. Uh, I think people crave such approval at such short intervals now that I think they might be a little offended if you don't say great, amazing, epic, and awesome uh, a few times. It kind of validates hour. what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. They need a trophy every, you know. Everybody, 13, and a pizza minutes. party, right? Yeah, Everybody yeah, needs a pizza party, too. Yeah. Right, yeah, because yeah, there's no losers. There's no losers yeah, in life a, anymore. you got to have a cookie, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got that pizza party, man. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we lost, you know, 84 to 1, we, we still get to go. We still get a pizza party, Coach. Come on, we got to have something, you know. You finished 17 out of 18 teams. Right. And here's your medal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, participation. Yeah, I think our society's kind of, at some point, it's lost its way you know, from, because yeah, competition is good and healthy. I, I, yeah. I think that's what made this country great. Definitely. I think it, was make, it makes tennis great as well. And there's are, there are people who don't like to play tennis because there is ultimately a winner and loser. If you go out, like tonight, as we were go out to play tennis yeah. after the podcast, yeah. and, you, and you win, you beat me, well, you win. Some people can't handle that. And, you know, they'd rather be a team sport, possibly, yeah. and they could, could defer, well, you know, I, I, was, I played really well, but my teammates didn't play very well. You know, oh. you think that there's something to that, even. Yeah, and here's one I want to, uh, there is absolutely something to that. Uh, I, I just want to throw in a quick get off my lawn. It is maybe 98 degrees out there and you're going to sweat a lot uh, playing some tennis. Even, sure. even, yeah. And a lot of people don't want that. So it's, I'm going to wait until it's cool or I'm going to grab an indoor cord or something. And I'm like, you know, that's not what brought us here with the tennis boom. No. That's, it's totally not. We were hardy people. We, 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 we uh, I'm going to, okay, you had two Dallas Cowboys references. I'm going to have a third Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee reference. When Eddie Murphy was a guest uh, on the show, um, Jerry asked Eddie if he misses living in Jersey, living in Brooklyn, living in Long Island. These are a couple places that the guys have had in common. And by the way, I think they were same uh, county and you know, similar areas, similar, Very similar. age. Yeah. yeah, they came Very up similar. about the same month as same time. Uh, yeah, stand-up comics sure. in the circuit. Very similar, uh, mid seventies, late seventies. Um, 
Eddie said, you know, at first, yeah, living out here was a little weird. Like, but I don't, I, I'm not the person who's going to pine for that kind of pizza or pine for these kind of people or that climate or something. I thought, you know, there's a healthy strength and stoicism about that. And it reminds me, you know what? Yeah, it's a little cold. I'm going to put a sweater on. Like, I don't mind the cold. Like, yeah, it's a little hot. I might drink a half a gallon instead of a quart of water. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I, I'll wear a hat because it's really sunny. Put some or, sunscreen on. Or I might go through three shirts on this day. But you know, th- th- we need a little bit more of that. And I think we it, need a little toughening up. And I hope I'm not going off the topic here, but I feel like it's it's related to your idea of yeah, approval all the time, or everything has to be great and awesome all the bloody time. Like you know, it's okay. It's got to be great. It's, it's, it's got to be. It's got to be right there. But, uh, well, should, should we call it a night right now? Or do you have any, any more stuff that, uh, we, any more great we stuff? We just had five really, really fun sets in 98-degree heat, and I'm proud. Yeah, and, we're, and folks at home, we are indoors. It's, it, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're sitting kidding. It's, on, yeah. on the inside here. It's and, pretty darn gorgeous, uh, six, 71 degrees in here. And we've been going at an hour and a half. We're trying to yeah. keep it keep it uh, around the hour to the hour and a half. People, uh, uh, give us some feedback. Yeah. Um, do you like the longer? Number one, give us some feedback on bits give us some feedback on format uh, like dave the brain our producer always says um you can uh, hit us at uh, info at at the net podcast.com that's, that's correct email info you at. can grab us at instagram and twitter and facebook at at the net podcast but we're there we're, we're there and we are generally maybe not Every hour and a half or two, but every few hours we are checking in on that. Oh, we're, sure. We're happy to chime in and we want your feedback like, guys, uh, a little too long. My workout is only an hour and you guys are going two. I got to break it up and I don't remember where I was and that kind of thing. We get it. And, you know, maybe we'll get Dave the Brain or DMAC to uh, segment it or. Maybe we just uh, quiet down a little bit and and go shorter, you know. So we're here to listen, and uh, we're also here to have a great time and talk. And Craig, yeah, what a pleasure! It's been great. Seven, F- seven episodes, as always, my friend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we want to thank you all for listening to season one, episode seven of At the Net podcast. Be sure to tell a friend or friends as we like your peeps, and hopefully they'll like us, right, AJ? Yes, yes. Yeah, and that's the tennis news as it seems to us. From Dallas, Texas. Good evening, all the faithful, right? Have a super fun evening, everybody. Super, super. Take care. Take care.